chapter twenty of lady jim of curzon street this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org lady jim of curzon street by fergus hume chapter twenty the supposed remains of jim kaimes duly arrived on british ground in charge of an extraordinarily anxious medical attendant and lord frith arranged for their transfer to firmingham there leah was already established as niobe studiously dismal in the jet-trimmed crape-flounced equivalent of sackcloth with the marchioness a few decayed cousins and many hired mourners connected closely or distantly with the family she assisted the duke to lament his absalom therefore behind lowered blinds in the twilight atmosphere of the great house did officially grief-stricken relations move warily on tiptoe speaking in hushed voices with downcast eyes of the deceased and his post-mortem virtues the apotheosis of the prodigal son who had thus quietly come home made the place about as cheerful as a mausoleum limiting the solemnity strictly to the family lionel was requested to inter jim's body with the rites in which jim's soul had never believed then for the first time did he behold leah in her new character as hitherto a sympathetic letter had excused a personal interview now face to face kames considered the advisability as clergyman relative and friend to administer presumably needed consolation this last straw broke the widow's overladen back she had wept with pentland mourned with kith and kin enduring also for three dreary weeks twaddling platitudes written and spoken by meddlesome well-wishers these exasperating necessities would have been unendurable even had jim been where he deserved to be but that she should suffer them when jim was rejoicing as mr baring and expecting his share of the money she thus laboriously earned nearly drove her beyond the bounds of decorum she could have thrown the novel she was reading at lionel's head and barely escaped doing so when he appeared in her sitting-room almost aggressively sympathetic but reflecting that with the funeral would come a cessation of these aggravations and mindful that the money was almost in her purse she asked him to be seated and prepared to stomach aphorisms how good of you to come she sighed conventionally then added to avert if possible protracted boredom i'm dull company naturally lady james but i rejoice to see that you are resigned i'm not tearing my hair and gnashing my teeth if that is what you mean i will if you think jim worthy of such excesses hush hush he is dead i see evidences of that on all sides of me replied leah tartly shouldn't you say that he is not lost but gone before i believe that is one of the stock phrases of your profession lionel moved uneasily it was difficult to whitewash jim and he could not invent non-existing virtues on the spur of the moment he was your husband remember was his effort to parry this thrust oh lord don't i know it would i put up with all this else did you come to tell me that queen anne is dead 
i came to cheer you go on then tell me a funny story the curate looked and felt shocked lady james lionel if you preach i shall scream cried leah developing whirlwind passion and rising a veritable bellona or else i'll i'll oh she ripped her handkerchief viciously while sweeping tempestuously up and down i don't know what i'll do if you play job's comforter her cheeks flamed her eyes sparkled and her voice leaped an octave as she flung the last words at him lionel started up surprised at this sudden anger and wondered if grief was bringing on hysteria won't you sit down said obtuse man giving the worst possible advice to overstrung woman a little sal volatile i'm sick of sitting down and lying down and sal volatile and listening to humbug and wearing black and being bothered i've had more trouble over jim in his death than i ever allowed him to give me in his life you say the same silly things every one else says you you parrot can't you be original death is such an old established institution that it is difficult to be original said lionel resuming his chair with a shrug then i shall talk myself yes i wish to speak plainly and to you i intend to speak plainly since you are the only man i respect thank you i dare say you are priggish went on lady jim finding it a marvellous relief to speak loudly and without reserve but you are honest in spite of us and you don't gossip though you are a parson in trouble i shall always come to you padre you are in trouble now hinted came smiling at her frankness eh what yes of course jim's dead she choked over the lie and returned to laugh at ease in her chair where has he gone lionel don't lady james admit that he had his faults be honest he had nothing else but faults no no we all have our good points give me a list of jim's she suggested derisively for the moment i can't think no nor you wouldn't if you thought for a century jim is as bad as they make em was if you will abuse him oh yes i forgot well then jim was bad and i don't know if you call telling the truth abuse of the most virulent sort on occasions are we not all sinners speak for yourself mr humility lionel amazed by this self-canonization became less aaron the priest and more adam the natural man you don't call yourself immaculate surely he observed sarcastically did i by inference and if no sinner you must be saint ah i see lamp black or snow white gray does not exist parsons see the horizon the doorstep but no middle distance woman is lucrece or jezebel with you i am neither but a simple woman as god made me and as the devil has marred foe in this very room when we spoke last i scouted that bogey's existence if you don't believe in evil existing you can't in good no devil no god lady james i never knew that the deity depended upon satan for his being said leah dryly and theology doesn't amuse me it's cobwebs and spindrift talk sense if you must talk 
lionel hoping to lead her by a side path to further consideration of her spiritual needs consented to diverge for the moment i'll talk money if you call that sense of course i do uncommon sense as there is so little of it money she looked at him questioningly the insurance on your late husband's life oh well she wondered what he was about to say the duke asked me to interview the lawyers very unnecessary i know all about the twenty thousand pounds jim left it to me by will you underestimate by ten thousand what thirty thousand pounds then in answer to a nod oh you you must be be mistaken leah was truthfully agitated had the golden goose laid two eggs instead of one no your husband's life was insured when he was a child for twenty thousand pounds with profits at an annual premium mr jarvie peel and his executors paid the money to keep the insurance in force yes yes and the principal was payable to jim at sixty or to any one he might leave it to at death i as the widow take all 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 she repeated the word three times in the purring voice of a cat over cream exactly assented the curate thinking she betrayed over plainly horse-leech parentage and the extra ten thousand is the accumulation of an annual bonus of fifteen pounds on every thousand that's three hundred a year calculated lady jim feverishly quite so jim was thirty-five when he died so three hundred a year for thirty-four years comes to ten thousand two hundred supplemented lady jim correcting his arithmetic oh lord thirty thousand two hundred pounds and jim never knew he was worth his weight in this gold he never inquired since the money would not come to him till he attained the age of sixty it would have been almost double then commented the lady pensively what a pity jim did not live till but no we should have both been old then and there would have been no fun i am content with thirty thousand really i am lionel it doesn't do to be greedy you are not said the curate ironically else you would have again mentioned the odd hundreds leah made a ball out of the torn handkerchief and tossed it gaily in the air that will do for lawyers costs said she airily though i hope the bill won't be so extortionate thirty thousand pounds she sprang up with dithyrambic utterance scarcely refraining from a war-dance thirty thousand golden sovereigns six thousand lovely lovely bank of england notes oh vanderbilt oh the sight of her relative's disgusted face curbed her ecstasy you think that my exultation over this money is vulgar heartless at least since it is the price of your husband's death to you apparently jim is more valuable dead than alive i entirely agree with you confessed leah candidly then added with impatient anger do you expect me to tell you lies you might show some grief heavens what else have i been doing for the past three weeks assuming a virtue which you have not that remark is too clever to be original my dear man how impossible you are i wear mourning and cry at the right time and say things i don't believe about jim to his father and the rest of them while to you who blame me for behaving decently outside i speak as i feel only to be condemned what do you expect to see you exhibit some real grief said lionel who was really angered by her callous behaviour 
you show more genuine emotion over this miserable money than over poor jim poor jim she mocked scornfully are you going to cry up his virtues he was not so bad as you make him out to be retorted lionel doggedly then he must have revealed a side of his nature to you which he never showed to me snapped leah sharply foe what's the use of acting to empty benches go downstairs if you want an audience we are behind the scenes here very allegorical and needless can't you be more womanly if i were the sal volatile you recommend would be needed i can tell you being a parson you will not understand being a man you cannot womanly womanly does that imply cant and shams am i to mourn with spurious lamentations that selfish profligate who would have broken my heart had he ever possessed it to be womanly is to excuse a man's faults to lie down and be trodden upon to condone unfaithfulness and to be grateful for the shreds and patches of an egotistic life never never her lips twisted scornfully her nostrils dilated and she clenched her hands to restrain an outburst of that wrath which had consumed her during five years of holy matrimony lionel astonished by her sudden transition from gay to grave forbore interruption and she declaimed her marital wrongs in a boadicean vein i've read in that bible of yours of the casting of pearls before swine jim was a gadarene pig who would have rent me had i loved him as i admit a wife should love her husband my coldness and what you consider my selfishness was my sole safeguard against ruin and sorrow and outrage you know that i speak the truth i defy you to say otherwise jim oh jim she laughed unpleasantly jim that rag doll of his family who was placed on a pedestal and worshipped as though he were the golden idol he never was and never could be i respect the duke much more than i ever respected my husband for he is genuinely blind to jim's faults and mourns honestly but you you who knew the man and rebuked the man oh it would be amusing were it not so shameful her bosom heaved as she hurled this speech at him with jibe and jeer and ironic laughter i thank god that the man is out of my life was her passionate cry yes i thank god did you believe in god you would not say that bah theology again and truth which is not theology and never will be that depends upon belief the science which treats of god and of man's duty to god cannot be understood by you who have neither hope nor faith at least i have charity the greatest of the three which you lack give me an example i credit you with honesty while you cry me down as a bad woman pardon me i do not say that you are bad misguided rather and why according to your lights because i do not put up jim as a pig idol to worship with crocodile tears she silenced kames for the moment as there was much truth in her overstated contention no decent woman could have loved or honoured the dead man and this outspoken condemnation provable 
in the main was assuredly more honest than pretended laudation and sham sorrow would have been yet the merciless indictment jarred on lionel's sense of propriety righteous as he knew it to be the man is dead said he testily leave him to god leah held her peace it annoyed the ordinarily self-possessed woman that for one fierce moment emotion should have overleaped judgment reigning in her passions she relapsed into the sober jog-trot necessary on the rutted road of conventionality but lionel's final speech provoked a laugh would his laudation of the dead she wondered change to criticism of the living did he learn the truth feminine desire for the last word would have blurted out this final argument but that an innate masculine discretion recommended silence therefore did she compromise with a laugh which lionel misunderstanding resented with the warmth of a generous nature that is positively cruel said he indignantly very human i think said lady jim yawning away the reaction following his own line of thought the curate did not traverse this statement a woman can make of a man what she pleases possibly but i had a beast to deal with can't you think more kindly of him now that he is gone no said leah decisively i would not say so to every one but i do to you out of respect for your character i am both flattered and grieved be lenient lady james are you so good yourself that you can refuse charity to the dead leah shrugged her shoulders and crossed her feet that's a trifle personal isn't it she asked good-humouredly like the rest of this futile conversation well for the first time and the last i shall pay you the compliment of defending myself to begin with my friend your definition of good and bad depends upon dogma so we disagree at the outset let us take the primary instincts of being and oh i fear we have not the time to begin with genesis what is left of poor jim arrives in charge of monsieur demetrius within two hours and i must prepare myself for the scene there is bound to be to be brief in my defence i can safely say that i am better than most women i never gave jim the chances he gave me of appearing in the divorce court i keep my temper even when most provoked i don't say nasty things about those who run me down and always help those i like i avoid the use of slang and of excessively strong drink i neither smoke nor indulge in morphine i invariably go to church with half a crown for the plate and and i think that includes all my virtues what more would you have unselfishness responded lionel gravely egotism is your sin and the world's i might inquire with the apostles and i do inquire with all curiosity who then can be saved those whose merits do not spring from the ego as do yours to you lady james satan comes in his favourite guise as an angel of light and only the ethereal spear of the holy spirit can unmask him virtuous i grant you are because you pamper self too much to sacrifice your position and comforts to a love that is willing to lose the world for love alone good-tempered why not with a healthy body and an equable 
nature that you do not gossip is certainly a point in your favour although i suspect that this abstinence is again the ego which does not permit you to be sufficiently interested in others to discuss their affairs you help those you like feed them as it were with the overabundant crumbs from your table in the words of our lord i can say do not even the publicans so but would you help those you hate and at a sacrifice certainly not why should i they would not be even grateful quite so you expect a reward for your good deeds in this world you look for yours in the next no though i admit that the temptation is strong i try to serve god out of love and gratitude ridiculous even if true such self-abnegation is beyond me yes that is what i call being really and truly good i see that is i don't see you are always so impossible nothing is impossible with god's help as without it nothing is possible listen lady james and with his soul on fire to raise her from the material to the spiritual lionel attempted reasonable argument for over half an hour did he preach expound warn demonstrate quote deduce persuade but at the end of thirty-five rapid minutes he found her and himself again at the starting-point leah listened critically and even with interest hindered by her limitations from seeing a satisfactory conclusion she declined the tournament and retired to watch her opponent tilt at giants which she mistook for windmills said the inversely deceived donna quixota how well you talk lionel why don't you leave the church and go in for parliament the curate shook the cold water of this douche out of his ears and rose markedly discouraged i cannot make you understand he said sadly only the holy spirit can convince you of your need my need of what of salvation that would be adding sugar to honey and i feel very contented with my honey good health plenty of money a tolerable position and and you have yet to reckon with god all these things come from him and all he can take away i don't agree with you nor will you until your pride is broken that it never will be said leah superbly so you think in your insolence of beauty and health but when you come to die well then i shall die and that's all about it what is the glory of the rainbow to the colour-blind lionel asked himself and walked to the door there he paused to deliver himself of a final warning though you triumph in your own strength and be at ease in the palace of sin yet will the reckoning come the most high god is and he departed words 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 that was lady jim's summing up of the interview End of chapter twenty